Welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I am your host. And today on the show, we bring Mo and Tana Ottinger on to talk about attachment styles and patterns. Um, this week, we'll be going from a different direction. Last week, obviously, Dr. DeLuna um, came on and talked with us about a... Uh, very scientific approach um, and academic understanding of what are attachment styles, what are attachment cycles, how do they form, how do they happen um, in kids. And this week we want to talk about why is it important for parents to understand um, attachment styles and attachment patterns. Um, why is it important for us to know our own? Um, and then what are the implications of that? Um, and so from a parenting perspective, we talked today about uh, everything from why it's important to uh, how that information could and should um, impact our, um, not just parenting, but just our, our relation our relational engagement period. Any relationships that we have um, should be informed and um, and affected by our attachment patterns. So we'll talk about that and give some clarity there. Um, great, great conversation with Mo and Tana there with a lot of um, really personal stories. And, and um, uh, I, I just think it's, it is a very necessary, very um, good conversation to start um, when it comes to parenting. So without any further ado, here are myself, Mo, and Tana Ottinger. So we're here today with Mo and Tana Ottinger um, from ETC. And uh, if my voice sounds a little bit raspier than it normally does, it's because it is March Madness. I've been screaming at the television, watching basketball for a couple days. And, but this is a safe place. We can talk about that here. Um, and so uh, we wanted to talk more about attachment, but uh, not from a professional standpoint as much as from a uh, parenting standpoint. I wanted to share some of our individual perspectives that we've kind of uh, gained and been handed by life over the years. And uh, especially in light of how uh, some of you have been interacting with social media and some of the feedback we got from our episode um, re-airing last week with, with Dr. Jamie DeLuna from TCU, um, just we, we felt like this would be a helpful conversation to have um, about the um, we see them attachment styles, attachment patterns based on who you talk to or hear. We, we hear a lot of professionals using the pattern language these days. So um, Mo and Tana, we, why don't we kind of start with, with that, even the, that conversation of attachment styles and patterns. We, we lamented a minute ago, we weren't recording already when you said this earlier. So do you mind kind of sharing that um, insight uh, before we start into the rest of the conversation? Sure. Um, I... And I wonder, Mo, if you would echo this too. I think as we have just been parenting over the last, we're about to hit 22 years for our oldest. Um, thinking about our own attachment patterns and styles and ways of relating has been, I think, one of the most profound things that we've done as as parents and, and in relationship with each other, um, relationships with other people, thinking about our own family dynamics. So, I mean, I'm happy that we're talking about it today from just like a, just us perspective, like our own shared experience. And JD, kind of to your point, one of the things that has been helpful as we've been unpacking this idea of like, what is our attachment style? It's being um, aware of the fact that we, we relate with different people in different ways. I mean, research does tell us that um, you have a primary attachment style in childhood that you get from your Typically, your maternal caregiver is passed down. Obviously, if there's been transitions, um, changing of primary caregivers, there could be some attachment trauma in your past as a young child. But there still is an, a way of relating that has been 
given to you by your people that cared for you and your environment. But then it sort of shows itself in all different kinds of ways. So it's complex, it's nuanced. And I think just at the top of the episode, it's important for us to say that. Like we're sharing from our own experience, but by no means are we trying to explain or conceptualize all of attachment theory. Um, We we couldn't do that in 20 minutes anyway. And I think it might take away from a little bit of the importance of this conversation if we did. So, you know, just give us some grace as we're talking about it from a personal perspective. Um, And I do think last week's episode is fantastic. And then if you're catching it, this episode as it's being published, we're doing a lot on social media right now about attachment, childhood attachment styles and patterns, adult attachment styles and patterns, how those two things sort of work together. And so you can always search us on social media. If you're listening to this after the fact, this is March of 2022. You can go find us on social media. But um, anyway, it's a nuanced conversation, but one I'm excited to have. And I feel like, um, I mean, I'm curious to hear from Mo. Both of us have just had a long, long journey a lot of conversations, typically about trying to figure out what in the world is going on with us and um, why we react in the way we're reacting. Why are we feeling the way well, we're feeling? Well, it's inter- I mean, you said we're 22 years into this parenting journey. And when we, I mean, when we start our parenting journey through adoption, yeah. we were given a half a sheet of paper 22, 23 years ago on attachment, yeah. you know, and we had to sign it that we read it. And I mean, I do you was remember like, what we talked about, Mo? Do you remember her reaction? No. Half sheet of paper. No, I'll be honest. I probably didn't even read it. You probably didn't. I probably did. But here's what I probably thought. I mean, this is the truth of it. I probably read it and thought, oh, those, you know, poor kids who have struggles with attachment, we're going to be great parents and this won't be us. I'm certain that's what I thought back then. And it was because I was putting like, obviously far too much confidence in our ability to parent, which we very quickly uncovered, you know, was, was uh, not necessarily correctly um, placed confidence, but it was happening. It was like two paragraphs. Yeah. Well, that was all the training we got. Right, right, right. (laughs) If you read it right. Um, But I was going to (laughs) say, when we, so I think so often though, it goes to how people think about attachment and it's often the child needs to attach to me instead of attachment. I mean, a shift for me was thinking about attachments, a two way street that it's, it's both of us. We bring both, both child and caregiver parent bring something to the equation. Yeah. And so I think 20 plus years ago, I entered into parenting thinking that it was all about child or children connecting to me, not realizing that I played a significant part in that relationship um, and soon found out and then continuing to find out that there's a role I play. That's so true. I remember that first time we saw a graphic from Empowered to Connect that was the attachment dance. And it talked about how our kiddos who, in this specific situation, you know, came into families through adoption or foster care, how they came with their own attachment patterns and styles and history. 
And again, like you were saying, it was that epiphany of like, oh my goodness, so do we. And the naivety that we were just by being ourselves, it was Mm -hmm. all that was needed. And that in fact, if we weren't awake to ourselves and understanding ourselves and paying attention to our own attachment patterns, we may or may not be providing an optimal environment for a child to experience any sort of healing or even the ability to safely attach to us, which is what we begin to uncover, is in fact our reactions and our own attachment style was not laying a foundation for a child to come into our family and come into a relationship with either one of us and freely rest in that relationship. Would you, would you state at that explicitly? Mark? Yeah. I mean, I would, I mean, yeah. honestly, I remember just the feeling one night of going, I am really good relationally with people, except for the people that are under my roof. Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, I just, I, I said, I don't understand how I can be, I can work a room and I can connect with people and I can understand people. And I can, I mean, I was on staff at a church and I was doing all these things relationally and quote succeeding at it, but the little ones in my home and Tom, if we're honest, right? Like we think let's, if we talk about our marriage that um, I was not succeeding in the most important relationships in my life, um, because Nor I was did I. Not. We were just stumbling. 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 Big time. And harming, mm-hmm. relationally harming one another mm-hmm. by yep. not being safe and not, not even understanding what was really going on. Right? And then we started having some epiphanies. Like, what do you... So yours was maybe seeing sort of that graphic about two people in a relationship. Like, do you feel like that's when things started to shift for you? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, it goes back uh, so much. I mean, just, I mean, if I'm just transparent, um, so much of me is my most, the emotional side of me has always been the struggle, being attuned to what's going on inside of me and understanding how I'm feeling and, um, really being void of that. And when we talk about attachment, styles or patterns. I mean, mine was definitely, I was parenting from a very dismissive way and, and was clueless to that. Like I thought I was so present with my kids and, um, you know, that I was making decisions to physically be present with my kids, but just realized how, because of how unattuned I was to myself and how dismissive, how I was not a safe person for my own children. And that was kind of a wake up call. And I mean, the wake up call wasn't something I read or a graph. It was, you know, you going out of town for the weekend and I was left with the kids and, and, you know, I I mean, I still remember this instance tucking a kid in bed and I honestly thought, I mean, this is how off I was. I honestly thought we were having a sweet mm-hmm. moment. Yep. Yeah. Not only was it not a sweet moment in this child's eyes, this child 
got out of bed, ran down the hallway. When I found, you know, child, <laughs> late, you know, few seconds later, curled up in the fetal position saying, Dad, I have big emotions and you don't know what to do with them. And I just remember being so perplexed by that because honestly, I thought we were having a sweet (laughs) moment um, at bedtime and it was just the complete opposite. And there were just, I mean, there were several moments over that weekend with every child that I was just being thrown of going, I don't know. I don't know how to react in this situation. I don't know how to handle this situation. And um, just the realization for me Mm. of I want to be a safe, emotionally safe person for my children and for Tana. Um, I mean, I remember, I think Tana at the time, we'd been married like 15 years and you came back from that weekend. I was like, you are not going to believe what happened. And I thought you were going to tell me, oh my goodness, these kids, they're crazy. <laughs> but you looked at me and thought, hey, Mark, you, you, you don't like, you don't know your feelings. You don't know your heart. Like, that's why I have heart friends, because there are places you cannot go emotionally and I just remember going, no, 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 no. We're we're husband and wife. Like we're one. We're we you, you know, I am supposed to be your emotional rock. And she was like, nah, you ain't it. And so, I mean, I think there was just this like, um, man, just the work emotionally. And I'm still, I mean, that was 10 years ago, 11 years ago, 12 years ago. And I am still like that is still, I have to work so hard to be emotionally present. Um, it has not come naturally for me. I have to be fully attuned. I have to take deep breaths. I have to focus on it. I mean, it is swimming upstream for me. And if I don't like intentionally try to go there, I will naturally gravitate toward just being a dismissive dad. And, um, it takes work, but I, it, you know, the gift in that, um, I mean, I remember tucking another kid in bed and, and we had found out that day that he had been bullied um, by a kid. And I remember coming home from work and Tana telling me about this situation that happened. And man, like to find out that your kid got bullied, I mean, um, man, I was ticked. I was ticked. Yeah. And um like yeah, everything just reared up, reared up. And uh so that night, tuck him in bed, I, I was just I just told him, I said, Hey bud, I heard about today. And um I just want you to know that, you know, I'm sorry that happened and I'm really mad. Like I, I wish I was there. I might have clocked him. And uh we kind of did the bedtime routine and and got him tucked in bed and I left and you know, I was in the den, I was reading or watching a show and about 45 minutes, he walked in there and he said, Hey dad, were you really mad? And, uh, I was like, I was buddy. And he kind of got a little smirk on his face and he said, okay. And he went back to bed (laughs) and like the old me, when I tucked him in bed would have said, Hey buddy, I'm sorry that happened. You're going to be all right. Shake it off. You know, 
Right. You know, tomorrow's a new day. You're all right. And if I would have done that, I would have, I would have tucked him in bed, walked out of his room and I would have left him alone. Yep. Not, not, you know, not just physically, but emotionally alone. And when he came in and wanted to verify that made you mad. What I said to him is, I see you and I'm with you. I'm with you. And so, um, that, that's, that's the, the felt safety piece. That's the, you know, um, the work that we have to do, um, from an attachment side of things. Well, I, you know, just like you guys, like I, I remember being so confident about parenting. I really thought, well, I don't even have to think about that. Like we, we're everybody's favorite babysitters. We're really fun. We, we both like Elizabeth is great. You know, I'm, I'm fun. I'm great. I'm a great time. Like our kids are going to have a great time. This is going to be no problem at all. And I, I, I can remember being in the ETC uh, in class and us going through attachment. And I was so confused that I had missed something in the content. Cause I remember thinking like, this is, this is saying like part of, part of it is what I bring. But like I was with you, Mo, I, I, I thought attachment was like, make sure we're not bringing too many outside people around. We want the child to attach to me, like thinking like a koala, like I just gotta be the tree and the kid will attach and latch on. And we're, we're good. Like it, brought on this wave of panic of like, well, I know what my past is like and I know how like, how weird I am and how many things that I've been through personally. And I I don't want any of that coming into this relationship. I don't want any of that to affect this. And so that, you know, if you're a research scientist, if Jamie's listening to this day, she's like, oh, I know exactly what that means, you know? And it wasn't until I went through the adult attachment interview, um, you know, maybe about a year ago, that I had some light shed on that. And it wasn't just, uh, it wasn't just, hey, there's some history and oh, man, this attachment, it's, it's tough for you. It was a very clear style or pattern of interaction that I could then look into, read about, understand. And I started seeing it everywhere. Now, I wish I could be at the place to say like, oh, now everything mm-hmm. is just rosy. Mm-hmm. Man, these kids are just... Mm-hmm. Like koalas, like I can't get them off. They just, all they want to do is come and talk to me all the time and share their emotions. I mean, it, we, it is a, like you said, swimming uphill is the best, uh, the, or upstream is the best description. Like it feels like there is a current pulling me out of uh, truly engaging in every conversation. And, um, and that's okay. Like it's okay that it's, that it's a lot of hard work and, and it's okay that that's, uh, that sometimes I fail at that and have to go back and repair because the beautiful, beautiful thing that does is that repair then backdoor builds connection and, and helps the next interaction that's going to happen. Um, and so, uh, you know, in, in terms of particulars, like I don't have uh, greatest hits stories yet of uh, of failures or successes that I want to share, you know, on the, on the show. But I, but I think the work that has become clear, and we talk about this all the time, but parenting seems to be the longer that I'm in it so much more about me doing my own work and knowing my own self and seeing my own shortfalls and, 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 uh, blind spots and making provisions for those and working through those and processing those, before I ever get to actually parenting the way that I thought I would parent, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll just say, JD. I mean, I know your kids are just a little bit younger of ours, but I mean, we've we've got, you know, we go twenty two, and we've got four that are all in that late teens, early twenties, and then we've got yeah. you know some young ones. But like, I just think where I was twenty plus years ago, and and just now seeing my children grow up, and what yeah, what I thought about the work that I was going to have to do. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, when we think about attachment, like, like you said it, I thought, let's just, you know, that's going to be a couple of months. That's going to, <laughs> that's going to be three or four months. Let's, let's right. Uh, right. get them into our home. Let's kind of cocoon a little bit, you know, don't stay too busy and it'll be attached and on. Yeah. And, There's a start you know, into that. Right. But that's, I mean, the, the, the beauty of relationships, meaningful, deep relationships, um, and just the work with our children is that it's ongoing and it's continuous. And there are seasons that I do it really well. And there are seasons that I flub and I am human. And, um, but there's really this, there's this beauty. I mean, man, you know, if I could just tell parents like, um, like there's, there, there's this, there's this place that it's never too late. Like you feel like, man, I have just messed up with the kid. And I just want to say, it's not that you do your work, your, your kid's gonna, your kid's gonna pick up on it. And, and there, and and that's, that's part of my story is, you know, I've got a kiddo that, that we struggled and, and it took years, but, but there has been a, a shift and there's a felt safety between us now. And emotionally, we can go some places that, we've, that, we, ha- that we couldn't go when they were younger. And so that relationship is, is seeing some healing. And, and there are days that, we still, that I still mess up, right, that I still am not where I need to be. Um, so I, don't, I, I, just, I just say that. I don't, I, you know, I just think sometimes when you start off in parent and you've got little ones, like you feel like, oh, this is just going to be these, these younger years and we'll work through some things. And then we're just on this path. And I'm like, man, it is ongoing because, yeah. you know, just when you think, man, I've got this figured out, all of a sudden they, they're teenagers or they're tweens and things change. And, but there really is this beauty and this sweetness of, of just doing the work of, of doing, I don't know how to stress that enough. There is such a beauty, um, in doing the hard work, um, because it it will pay off. It will pay off. Yeah. I think I hear you talking and it, it makes me think about just, there's, there's always hope. And even, even for ourselves, you know, if, I suppose if there's anything that we want to say that we want to make sure is clear is that attachment's fluid. It's not stagnant and our, our attachment style is fluid. And so no matter like your childhood experiences, no matter what circumstances you were in. And if, so if we think about the adult attachment styles, they're secure, which means you were, you were sort of given secure attachment by your primary caregiver when you were young. And then there's dismissive, entangled. um, And then there's like, even, even in those, well, and disorganized, but even, even in those, 
the ones that are not secure from childhood can move toward towards earned security. And that's that's the piece, Mark, that you're even saying is that maybe, and, and for me too, I, I lean more towards the entangled or the enmeshed, which is a little bit different than when, when like what you were saying, which was dismissive, which is like emotionally void. So the enmeshed or entangled gets, we get a little bit more emotionally flooded. A word that might feel familiar would be a little codependent, although that's not, it doesn't exactly parallel that way, but um, so they're, they react differently to children, you know, that you're parenting in a different kind of way, but um, there's always hope to move towards what's called earned security, which is the story of what you're sharing. So, you know, in, in parenting, it's never too late for us to start making sense of our own past, to start being aware of our own attachment behaviors and patterns, start going, oh, look at me, here I go again, sort of in this like non-judgmental, self-aware kind of a way of like, huh, look at what I just did there again. As you're paying, I mean, it was what you said, JD, you said you started learning about it and then you realized it was everywhere with everyone because like it or not, we can't get away from ourselves. Like, (laughs) like it or not, we are, you know, we are with ourselves all the time and we have these reactions and these feelings and these ways of self-protection and these ways of self-preservation that, you know, they, they served us in childhood well. And so what does it look like for us to just be mindful of them and kind of go, Oh, look, there it is. And then attempt to adjust and, or, reconcile if some of your reaction caused harm, but just like start paying attention and then rebuilding those relationships, which, I mean, I don't want us to get off the podcast and for everybody to think that Mo was the only one in our family that had work to do because that's far from the truth. I had my own kind of work to do. And what is interesting, and I don't know if, you know, there's couples that might listen to this together and go, aha, because some of the children that most struggled with the most were the ones that I actually felt the strongest attachment to. And a couple of kids that I struggled with the most are the ones that Mo felt the most connected to. And that has been an interesting dynamic that's played out as we've started trying to figure our own attachment styles out and understanding how those are playing out with our kids' attachment styles and personalities. And again, just being mindful of it and and taking some responsibility for those relationships, which that's the key when you think about two people being in the relationship is taking responsibility for the part that you play as the parent um, and how we react or what kind of safety we create or what's the environment that's set or what's the tone of the relationship um, and sort of doing our own work well, to move towards our insecurity. Yeah, and I think just kind of, even to, to just kind of wrap us up or start moving that direction, you know, we talk about this in a parenting context, but Mo, you said it. This is human interaction, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it also should serve as just a little guidepost for us in regular conversation with our other close relationships, be it friends, family members, spouse, parent, whatever. It, you know, in those other relationships, 
it's no different. You're both still bringing your stuff to the table, right? And so those that awareness can help not only in your parenting world, but in friendships and in relationships as well. And so um, it is something to, to consider, something to think about, something to um, to not be able to wrap up within 25 minutes of a podcast. But um, yeah. hopefully it can be a conversation starter for you. And so um, guys, any any last thoughts before we close out today? Mine might be just to be curious, like just to take that posture of if something's not going right and or going great with you and a kiddo, there's probably 1 million contributing factors. It, it is not as easy as saying, oh, that's an attachment thing. That that's It's not that simple. It's pretty complex. It's pretty nuanced. But to step back and say, I wonder how my past, my history, my ways of reaction, my you know, physiological wiring for self-protection, my like neuro pathways of connection and relating, like how are all those things at play here? Um, and then just be curious about that for yourself with, with the desire, not just simply for like self-understanding, but with the desire for like to grow and to be a safer place for your children and your your spouse or your safe friends and family, like to be a safer relational place. Um, and, and frankly, I think you'll probably find yourself like being a little nicer to yourself. Like, I think whenever you start understanding why you do what you do, there's like this natural level of self-compassion that bubbles up. So actually the whole thing gets better because you don't feel like such a failure. You don't, you don't beat yourself up so much. And all of that like self-shame and condemnation, I think gets a little quieter when you begin to understand why you're doing what you're doing. Because you can just be like, oh, I understand why as a human being, I do that thing. <laughs> and now I can go, oh, okay, Tana, let's, you know, let's take a deep breath. Let's meet some needs. Let's practice some self-compassion. Let's go apologize or make amends and forgive and move on. But if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing and you're just stuck in a cycle of reacting or, you know, disrupting relationships or getting stuck or not the person you wish you were, not the parent you wish you were, that can be really defeating. And I know that because we were there and and we can get back there in a second. I don't mean it to ever sound like we've arrived, but we were in a deep, dark place for a good number of years. Yep. So curiosity and self-compassion, I think, and, and just apologize, like just stinking apologize a lot, all the time without going into a shame spiral over it. Yeah. Yeah. Mo? What's no, that's great. No, I can tell you've got I mean, a lot of deep thoughts. Well, <laughs> what you thinking? Well, no, I just, I think it's been said, this is just the essence of being human. And I think that's what we're trying to invite you into is just being human and accepting the, the, the downsides and the upsides. And, and I mean, you just said Tana reaction. Like, I think that's what it was. Life was reactionary. Every, every aspect of it, it was waking up every morning and was on the defense and just reacting to, to everything around me. And when you're just reacting, you're not going anywhere. You're not, you know, and, and so Mm -hmm. I think to, to just 
begin mm-hmm. to understand yourself. Um, I mean, I don't want to say this was easy. It's scary and it's still scary at times. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and I don't want to sit here and say, I never react. I mean, yeah. Uh, but yeah. To, of course we do. Of course yeah, we do. we do all those things, but yeah. Um, why do I react and why did I react that way? And, and yeah. just, just, I love you just saying being curious because I, I wasn't curious and there are days I'm still not curious, but in those moments where I am, mm. there's just a sweetness to it. And um, I just think if, if you're a parent and you're listening to this and there are days that you are just struggling, um, that is, that's being a parent and, can you just be curious and, and what's there? So. Mo, when you said it, it can be, and it is scary. Like what, what, what comes well, up in that moment? What is, can you expound on that a little bit more? Like what, what is that in you? Well, I think all, just being honest about your emotions um, mm-hmm. can be really scary. Um, it, for me being dismissive, of emotions meant that I just wanted, I wanted life to be fun. I wanted life to be Mm. easy. I wanted, and so for me to say, I am really mad because my calmness and my fun Mm. has been interrupted or, and, and then I feel guilty that I'm frustrated with myself or I'm frustrated with the child um, I'm hurt. Um, you know, for me to begin to express some of these things, like, whoa, 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 whoa. I needed it to be sunny and calm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Every day needed to be a beach day for me. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't. And so to be honest about emotions, you know, for me to say, Tana hurt me Mm -hmm. is vulnerable. And that's so scary. That's scary. I didn't want you to hurt me. I didn't want to give you that power to hurt me, right? Right. And I I didn't want to give that Mm seven-year-old, that seven-year-old's not going to run this house. I'm going to run that, you know? So to be honest about things for me was super scary. And um, not was, is super scary. Right. Right. So it's interesting. And I, I would, I mean, I've got some thinking to do after we got the podcast, I've got some little noodling because what's coming up in me is <laughs> so, the opposite of that is what's scary. Hmm. Huh. So this is, this is interesting because to you, what was maybe scary was stepping towards the emotion and going towards the feelings Yeah, as someone who might go there and like get really enmeshed with the kids, setting a boundary and stepping back from them with some level of autonomy is what feels scary to me. So releasing them and not feeling responsible for their emotions, not feeling responsible or carrying their reactions, like having a boundary. You've seen me grow in that way, right, Mo? I have. And, and can I be yeah. honest right here? There's right. moments within our yes. marriage. I'm like, right. I want, come on, Tana, you need to be more with me. I know. And I'm you like, know? actually, <laughs> what's healthy for me is like, I don't need to hear about all I this. Know. I know. Because I was like sucked in for so many years. So it's almost like our growth patterns are pulling away from each other. Like for you to sort of, move towards security is to go towards the emotion. Right. 
And for me to move towards towards security is to get a little, I mean, it is not that I am void of caring, but just a little bit of like, what is mine to control? What's mine to do? What's mine to fix? What's mine to engage in? Where's my boundary? Our growth patterns have been a little different, right? That's right. So the scary thing for me is, is setting a little healthy distance. The scary thing to you is pulling close. <gasps> what in the world? I've had a major like marriage epiphany. Well, here I mean, this here I, episode. <laughs> I'll, I'll jump in to just say yes to that. Like, I, I think that seeing that and it, it clicks with me the way it did with you, Tana, to, to just go, oh yeah, well, we have different personalities. So that lean in is going to, is going to be different based on who we are. Like the, yeah. the challenge of going to the hard places, all of us do have some natural sweet spots and easy places to go that are helpful and that are great. And that don't have to, they don't require the big lift and they are down yeah. or down. Right, it's just who we are. Yeah. yeah. And then we also have these just parts of us because we're human that are just I don't know, just not optimal, right? Like we, if, if we can't be perfect people, there's going to be strengths and weaknesses to us. And so it, I think what I'm hearing both of y'all say and what resonates with me is that we, we are at our best, at our healthiest, when we're pushing ourselves to lean into those unhealthy sides of ourselves or there are our weaker sides of ourselves and grow there and do the scary, scary first step of, let me do this because I know that I'm not as good naturally at this and I want to step in here. And so I think, um, I think that's really good and, and uh, something important for us to understand. So thank you all. Well, thanks for taking us therapy today, J.D. Goodness <laughs> gracious. We've had family counseling here on this <laughs> podcast episode. Great. I'll it's just good. go to the invoice. It's I'll send you an email. Always in process, always yeah. on a journey and... It's never, ever, ever too late to start making sense of the past and, and letting the, the gift of that offer a place of like new healing in your current relationships. It's just never too late. For sure. Well, thankful for Mo and Tana. And uh, if you listen today wondering... Um, what they're like in person. You know, can I trust these stories they're telling? Like, is this just kind of dramatized? I, I, I would just um, encourage you and, and tell you that, uh, man, the, the stories you've heard today have come as a result of real uh, work done by Mo and Tana. And uh, I've, I've seen it up close, our community has here, but I would also just say um, that this, this work in general in, in parenting, uh, learning your attachment patterns and uh, style, learning um, that of your kids, it, it is um, a game changer. It is difficult to parent in light of that. It is difficult to work on um, the things that, that these discoveries um, cause you to work on, but so valuable, so worth it. So, for everyone at ETC, for Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers all of our audio, for Tad Jewett, the creator of the music behind the ETC podcast, I'm J.D. Wilson, and we will see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast. 